Hello and welcome to the Hashtag Furlough Fitness podcast series, the series where brains meets brawn to bring ideas and learnings from the world of mental health, fitness and research to provide a series of thought-provoking musings to give your brain a flex. After last week's episode of music and its mood-boosting abilities, this really got us thinking and listening to a lot of music. And you may have seen this week an article from the BBC about how pop music has been getting happy in the last decade. The article explains how using data from Spotify, it calculates a measure called valence, which Spotify says measures the positivity of songs based on factors such as tempo and sentiment. Crunching the numbers of the top 20 tracks from each year over the last decade, the trend indicates a steady increase in the measure of positivity. And this set us off down a path of thought around this trend. Are people in general getting happier? Besides music, what else can make us happy? And ultimately, what is the key to a happy life? Well, in this week's podcast, we'll be looking at answering some of those questions. Although we can't guarantee the golden answer to a happy life, but we can impart some wisdom on how you can foster your own happiness. When you explore this subject, whilst happiness can be interpreted from a variety of perspectives across philosophy, spirituality and psychology, there are many similarities in their understanding of what makes us happy. Take, for instance, the psychological emotion of contentment, something that is equally understood as a mental state as it is a Buddhist virtue. What we will focus on in this episode is more from a scientific and psychological grounding, but certainly doesn't overlook any of these wider areas of thought. So the first question really is what is happiness? While trying to cover all bases and interpretations across the field of academia and psychology, the following seems appropriate. Happiness is a broad term that describes the experience of positive emotions, such as joy, contentment and satisfaction. Its link then with positive emotions goes hand in hand with what we understand generally as positive well-being, which enable us to start to understand how we might facilitate actions that have a positive emotional effect on our well-being, to achieve what we may understand as happiness. And although it's important to point out here, happiness doesn't necessarily mean you're always high on life, which in itself comes with the inevitable crash afterwards. Research suggests it's more of a balancing act with how satisfied you are with life and how good you feel on a day-to-day basis, both which you have the ability to influence. And so then, happiness in a sense is not an end destination, You don't wake up one day and think, that's it, I'm now happy. But it's more a state of mind that requires nurturing as part of a regular routine. We'll go into later in the episode around some tips for how you can work this into your own day-to-day lives. For now, that sets the scene with a rough definition and understanding of what we're talking about here when we talk about happiness. And if you're still a little unsure though what happiness feels like, Harvard Health Publishing explains it in the following way, which may help. When you're in a flow of happiness, you lose track of time, self-consciousness dissipates, extraneous thoughts melt away, you're present in the moment and things seem effortless. So whilst happiness then seems to be a conceptual idea, there have been high-profile instances that look to measure and quantify it. You may have come across or heard of gross national happiness, a measurement utilised by the government of Bhutan to measure national well-being and happiness. The other is the World Happiness Report. This annual survey aims to measure the state of global happiness 
ranking 156 countries by how happy their citizens perceive themselves to be on a series of factors scored out of 0 to 10. Now this for context is the often cited report we hear in the news that consistently finds the Nordic countries coming out top in their rankings. In this year's World Happiness Report, the main focus is on how urban, social and natural environments affect happiness. It finds citizens living in communities with high trust in institutions, access to green space and that care about sustainable development are the happiest countries. As a side note, an interesting interview in National Geographic with Florence Williams, author of the book The Nature Fix, highlights an intriguing point. In Finland, public health officials recommend that citizens get a minimum of five hours a month in the woods to support their mental well-being, a recommendation that comes from evidence-based studies. Now, Finland consistently comes out top of the World Happiness Report rankings, which perhaps then comes as no surprise when its government is so progressive in its thinking when it comes to the importance of well-being and nature, something we'll touch on later. So whilst the importance of happiness at a macro level has achieved great prominence in each of these cases, the question that this raises is why is happiness so important for us individually? Well, there really is something to be said about the close link between happiness and our health. Something the old saying, laughter is the best medicine, perhaps best sums up. And what happiness researcher and author of the self-help book, Be Happy, Robert Holden, wholeheartedly believes when he says, there's no true health without happiness. Digging into this topic, one model called the main effect model of positive affect and health, a sexy name right, explains how positive emotions from happiness and excitement to calm and contentment have a positive impact on health behaviours, for instance staying active and eating well, our physiology, so things like reduced inflammation and low blood pressure, and our social and psychological resources, so things like our coping mechanisms and relationships, all of which help foster healthy outcomes in our lives. And digging into the health and physiological benefits further, several stand out when it comes to the happiness-health connection. Fostering happiness and a positive mental well-being is linked to leading a healthier lifestyle. As studies show, we're more prone to healthy eating, being physically active and getting better sleep when we experience these states of positive well-being. Happiness has also been shown to support longevity in life. One interesting study that was conducted with a group of nuns, which, note, may seem a little obscure, but the fact they live in quite controlled conditions means it's easier to control external factors that can impact the study, that found that it was those in the group who reported the highest levels of happiness that lived the longest lives. This may in part be due to the links also to greater heart health that happiness has been linked to, reducing blood pressure and heart rate and a healthier pattern of heart rate variability. And happiness has been shown to support a strong immune system. The connection itself isn't quite understood, but it's believed to be how happiness impacts the regulation of our immune system. In one study, it showed that those least happiest were three times more likely to contract a cold. In another, the happiest in the test group were nearly two times more likely to have higher antibody responses when given a vaccine for hepatitis B, a positive indicator of strong immune systems. It's clear then that the connection between happiness and positive well-being evidently supports good physical health. So we'll finish on the topic of how to nurture and build greater happiness in your own life. 
which in turn can support your own health. Well, it may or may not come as good news that happiness does not lie at the bottom of a big pile of money or other materialistic rewards. Whilst these things can give us a short-term spike in perceived happiness, ultimately their effect long-term is minimal. According to the Origins of Happiness Report, a study by the London School of Economics found that addressing mental health issues would be four times more effective at increasing happiness than reducing poverty. Just one stark piece of evidence then that the true source of happiness is cultivated in our minds, thoughts and perceptions of the world. Which, the good news, is that this is something that can be influenced and developed through our own actions. From across several sources, there are some common recommendations and advice for fostering greater positive well-being. First is gratitude. Expressing daily appreciation for what we have, in turn, gives us a positive outlook towards life. One effective way to do this is a three good things exercise. Each day, you reflect and jot down three things that were good about your day, making note of the event and how it made you feel. One study that asked participants to do this exercise for a week found that not only did they feel greater happiness than when they started, but they maintained this boost in happiness six months later. Secondly, is the importance of nurturing relationships. We're social creatures at heart, and so fostering and nurturing relationships with friends, family and loved ones can help support our happiness. This support networks help you celebrate the successes and support you through the hard times. Equally, sharing your appreciation of others and letting them know you're grateful for their relationship can strengthen your bonds and reciprocate the support you share for each other. The third point is about living in the moment. This act both allows ourselves to appreciate and savour what we're doing at present, but also to switch off from many of life's distractions, which can end up worrying us or keeping us disconnected from the moment. Whether you are spiritual or not, meditation is a good way to build your practice of being present. But equally, other small acts can be powerful. For instance, take time to stop and appreciate the small details in life and share these experiences with others. Or minimise multitasking to focus your attention. So for instance, if you've cooked a delicious meal, avoid sitting in front of the TV or scrolling on your phone. Actions such as these help us be present in the moment and enjoy these experiences for what they are. The fourth point is staying active. Physical activity and exercise are both closely linked with positive well-being and happiness. It can help relieve stress, boost self-esteem and lift your mood. The key thing here is finding something you enjoy doing. For some, this could be a run. For others, it could be a dance class, swimming or yoga. Whatever it may be, Find time to work this into your day-to-day -day routine to consistently support your mental well-being with physical health. As an interesting side note, a study published in the Journal of Psychology of Sport and Exercise found that smiling during running has been shown to improve running economy. The researchers attribute the effect to a reduction in muscle tension in the body during running. They suggest that this tactic is best employed during the latter part of a race or event in short bursts of about 30 seconds. Some think they know that sub-two-hour marathon runner Eliud Kipchoge does, and if he did watch his record-breaking feet, he certainly seemed to be beaming as he crossed the finish line. And the final point is on taking time in nature. 
Now, we're big advocates here on the podcast of taking time in nature. And we've talked much on the positive benefits it has on our mental health. And indeed, we aren't alone in this view. The concept of biophilia, this idea of an innate tendency to connect with nature, is linked to its ability to positively impact our well-being. One study found that 50 minutes spent walking in nature can have positive impacts on mood and reduce negative thought cycles. Equally, another study that analysed thousands of social media posts found that captured moments that are associated with joy, fun and happiness were most profound and numerous in natural settings. So a view that we've expressed many times throughout this series is that we should all make time to get outside on a daily basis to help build and nurture positive well-being and happiness. Something we can learn a thing or two from our Finnish neighbours. So overall, we've explored the concept of happiness, what it is and why it's important for our health. And we've provided you with some useful and practical tips that you yourselves can digest and deploy as part of your own daily routines to nurture your own happiness. I think the point here as well is that our happiness is ultimately a personal and subjective matter and should take time to understand what fosters happiness and positive well-being in your own life to actively find this balance and harmony that quite possibly will see you live a long and happy life. As always, thanks for tuning into the podcast this week. You can follow more of our antics on Instagram at at furlowlimbo and don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to get the latest episodes. And until next time, stay healthy and happy.